I think one of the reasons that God buried some treasure in his word is so that we have to go digging through his word uh, for that treasure. And so one of the things that happens is when we differ on some of these secondary doctrines, we, it encourages us to get into the scriptures and find out what the scriptures are, are saying. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with our teacher, Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, so glad you've joined us as we start a new week and continue our series dealing with the doctrines of the church, uh, those fundamental, those foundational doctrines that impact our salvation, and then those what he calls secondary doctrines that divide us. And he'll uh, talk more about those as we share this message today. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Uh, we're doing a sermon series that is not a verse by verse. We're doing a, a subject matter, a topic. And, and so um, when we do that, we're not focusing on one passage. But when we get to this passage in Genesis, I want you to be there so you can read it for yourself. You can see it for yourself, uh, what it is that I'm saying. You see, we're talking about, we're teaching right now on a subject uh, called doctrine. And doctrine is the Christian truth and the teaching that's been passed from generation to generation as it was passed on to the apostles and the early saints. The word doctrine means teaching, and it refers in general to the body of beliefs that are held by the Christian church, uh, but it also sometimes is applied to the beliefs of specific denominations or even specific churches. Doctrine and systematic theology are related. You see, systematic theology involves the collecting and understanding of relevant passages in the Bible on a particular topic and then trying to summarize what the Bible teaches so that we know what to teach about each of these topics. And one of the reasons that religious hooliganism is on the rise in America is that many Americans do not know what the Bible says. They, they, they don't know Christian doctrine. They can't distinguish between the core doctrines and the secondary doctrines. In some cases, they can't distinguish between core doctrines and passing religious fads. And there are doctrines that all true Christians have held since the time of the apostles. And these are the cardinal or core or essential doctrines that have defined Christianity for 2,000 years. Now, there are some other doctrines, secondary doctrines that vary between church traditions, denominations, and individuals. This is true today. It's been true throughout church history. Some of the greatest Christian minds and some of the greatest church leaders differed on some of these secondary issues of doctrine. And so in the weeks to come, we want to consider some of the secondary doctrines, and we want to establish where our church stands and why we stand there. We want to know what we believe. We want to know why we believe what we believe. And uh, part of the reason for this is to protect our church family from those who might have an agenda to use secondary doctrines as a means of sowing division, dissent uh, among us. As uh, our, our goal as a church family uh, was well said by Rupertus Melendius many years ago, he said, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, charity. In essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. In other words, in the essential things, the core doctrines, we're all of one accord. We all say the same thing. We all speak the same message. We all hold these, uh, these as truths that are non-negotiable. In those secondary doctrines, if we disagree, we agree to disagree agreeably. We agree to disagree agreeably. 
we're going to engage in respectful conversation. We're going to allow our, our understandings to be challenged. Why? So that we dig into the scriptures and figure it out. What are the scriptures? I think that's one of the reasons why uh, there are so many buried treasures in the Bible. I mean, why didn't God just make everything really clean and really plain and very obvious to all? Then we wouldn't have to read the Bible. We just read the cliff notes. We could pass any quiz because everybody knows all of the answers. They're really, I think one of the reasons that God buried some treasure in his word is so that we have to go digging through his word uh, for that treasure. And so one of the things that happens is when we differ on some of these secondary doctrines, we, it encourages us to get into the scriptures and find out what the scriptures are, are saying. But what we don't want to happen is to allow any disagreement on these little secondary issues to cause division or dissension among us. And then finally, we want to always keep in mind God's charity, God's love, as we work together through these things. Now, when we started our sermon series, the first part was introduction. It was talking about the importance of good doctrine. Good doctrine is not going to save you, but bad doctrine is going to lead you away from salvation. So it really is important. And then we talked about Bible. Why? Because it's from the Bible that we get doctrine. It's from the Bible that we learn what is doctrine, what is Christian. And then Pastor Owens really brought the message home when he said, you know, what if it's all true? What if the Bible is true? The application of it. Now today our attention is directed towards God. What does the Bible tell us about God? What does the Bible teach about God? In his book, The Essential Truths of the Christian Faith, R.C. Sproul relates a story. He said, a Swiss theologian, Karl Barth, was asked by a student during a seminar in the United States, Dr. Barth, what is the most profound thing you have ever learned in your study of theology? Barth thought for a moment, and then he gave this reply. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Now, some of you are saying, I recognize that. I learned that in Sunday school. That's one of the, this great biblical scholar, Dr. Barth, was asked, what is the most profound thing that you have ever learned in all of your years of studying it? And what did he reduce it to? Something we learn in first and second grade in our Sunday school. And, and at first, the, the students there were kind of giggling at, at the silliness, what they thought was the silliness of his answer, until they realized he was serious. And then the impact of what he was communicating came across to them. He was communicating that in the most simple of Christian truths, there is a profoundness that can occupy the most brilliant mind for a lifetime. And then secondly, what he was communicate, that even in a learned sophistication of theology, none of us will ever rise above a child's level of understanding the mysteries of God. It's just too profound. You see, because God is infinite, and we are finite or limited, we can never fully understand God. In this sense, God is said to be incomprehensible incomprehensible that's the word theologians call this doctrine god is incomprehensible now that's not true to say that god is unable to be understood but it is true to say that he cannot be understood fully 
or exhaustively. The psalmist in Psalm 147.5 wrote, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Well, God's understanding may have no limit, but ours does. He may be unlimited, but we're not. Incomprehensible doesn't mean we can't know anything about God. It's just that our knowledge of Him will always be limited. And because of this immense span, this gulf between infinite God and finite humans, the church has to be very careful in how we describe God. Now, there's something else that we need to recognize, and that is that if we're to know God at all, it is necessary for Him to reveal Himself to us. Even when we're discussing His revelation in nature, Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 1, about how God can be known through the handiwork of creation. And Paul says that what can be known about God is plain to people because God has shown it to them. Because God has shown it to them. That's why we can know anything about God, because God has shown it to us. Now, his revelation in nature is not enough, because hundreds of false religions are evident that sinful people, without guidance from the Holy Scripture, will always distort and misunderstand the revelation of God that's found in nature. The Bible alone tells us how to understand God's testimony in nature. And so we depend upon God's communication through Scripture and through His Holy Spirit for us to know God. And then in regards to the personal knowledge that comes with salvation, Jesus said, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. We can only know the Father when the Son chooses to reveal him to us. This kind of knowledge of God cannot be found through our efforts or through our wisdom. In fact, in 1 Corinthians one twenty one, it says, In the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. That second wisdom is speaking of the wisdom of men. So in order for us to know God, God must make himself known and make himself knowable. And then we can only know God to the degree he chooses to reveal himself. And there's always more to God than we can apprehend. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. 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 You know, over the years, I've read a lot of books And I've read a lot of instruction manuals. When I was building databases years ago, I would spend hours and hours and hours going through manuals. And I learned an awful lot. But you know what? The world is changing. And a lot of what I learned back then has little or no value now. But that's not true of what I've learned about God and His Word. Every hour I have invested is still paying dividends. And it will continue to pay dividends throughout this life. And it will continue to pay dividends throughout eternity. Forever. Forever. It is never a waste of time to study God's Word. It is an investment in forever. Have you taken some time to hear, to read what God has to say to you today? 
You're listening to Study Verse by Verse, a daily outreach from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely there on the web at highlands.us. This particular series on the doctrines of the church was shared with the congregation a couple of years ago, and you can find the entire series on their website. Again, highlands.us. You can also find information on other ministries available at the church and ways you can serve. If you'd like to become a financial partner with us, help us with this broadcast ministry. You can give safely on our ministry website, studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout, and as always, we're so glad you have been able to join us for these few minutes and that you'll have a great rest of your day and can come back tomorrow when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.